Welcome to The Ziggler Show. This is episode 480, and I bring you Michelle Prince. At the age of 18, Michelle had a life-changing experience with none other than Zig Ziggler. She went on to work for him, and today is a primary speaker for Ziggler. In October of 2017, we're going to expand The Ziggler Show, and Michelle will be one of the three regular co-hosts in our new format with me. So Zig was big on saying everyone should write a book. That's what we're going to talk about today. Michelle tells us how, and specifically for those in business, how a book can be one of the most valuable things we can do for our business. Even if you have a carpet cleaning business, as you'll hear about in a true story from Michelle in the show, but we cover the credibility, uh, that a, that a book gives you. And how your personal story is paramount and in many ways, the primary point. And then into the specifics like discovering your primary topic and how to literally get started. So listen in. You're what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. Today is a brand new day, and it's yours. A quick bio on Michelle Prince. She's the best-selling author of her first book, Winning in Life Now, and is highly sought after as a Zig Ziglar motivational speaker. She's gone on to author dozens of additional books and products in the areas of achievement, motivation, and productivity and success. She owns her own publishing company and is the founder of the Book Bound Workshop, which helps soon-to-be authors get their story out of their head and onto paper. We talk about it in the show and about how folks go to this three-day event and literally come back with their book. Uh, but Michelle knows we all have a story and is passionate about helping others tell their story so they can impact other people's lives. And yes, again, you'll soon be hearing a lot more of Michelle as she joins me to co-host some of the shows here on a regular basis as we ramp up the Ziggler show to meet the growing demand. Uh, speaking of that, thank you to all the Ziggler fans who've been giving us great reviews and ratings on iTunes recently. We got a lot of feedback uh, even in regards to the last show, 479, with Christopher Lockhead. Powerful show. Uh, so I'm asking you, will you leave us a review if you haven't? And thank you in advance. Okay, folks. Well, here I bring you Michelle Prince. Well, Michelle, you have been in the Ziegler family a long time, and uh, it's about time we had you here on the show. And even better to announce that you're going to be a consistent co-host with me. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm super excited to do that with you, Kevin. I am too. And it's timely after me just being at the ZLC at the Ziegler Legacy certified down in Dallas and getting to see you as one of the primary presenters. And you talked about the topic uh, that we're going to talk on today, but your bio starts out with this. Michelle's entire life changed in 1989 when she met her mentor, Zig Ziglar. It was at that time she made a commitment to become a motivational speaker and make a difference in the lives of others. So I'm not going to presume to guess your age here on a, on a live recording, but I'd wager in 1989, you were fairly young, especially young to already have Zig as your mentor. How did this come about? Well, I was actually 18 years old and I was just getting ready to go off to college and my parents for a gift that they thought that would be the best thing ever. They sent me to a born to win seminar, which that was my graduation gift from wow. high school. And I was less than thrilled, but it, uh, it literally changed my life. I, it was the, the three days of, of learning 
goal setting and self-esteem building and all the things that make you successful. And I learned it at such an early age that it made such an impression. At the end of the conference, I walked up to Zig and I, I kind of shook his hand, looked him in the eye and I said, Mr. Ziegler, I'm going to work for you one day. You just wait and see. And literally it was almost five years to the day that I started working for him in the corporate office. I, I left that seminar. I went to college and it was shortly after I graduated college, I started working for him. Okay. So I'm curious, just on a personal note at that time, were you headed in a specific trajectory for college and where you thought you were going to go that that altered significantly or was it along the same lines? It was literally the weekend before I left for college. So I was already set to go to college, but, but that seminar did completely change the outcome. I, I was so successful in college and I wasn't so successful grade wise in high school, but you know, I made better grades. I, I got very involved and I know it was because of all of those things that were planted in me yeah. at such a young age, but it made a huge impact. And I carried a lot of that with me throughout my college years. And of course, beyond that, but it was after college when I was in my very first sales job working for a company, I had to go cold calling, literally building to building, selling copiers. And I happened to cold call on the Zig Ziglar Corporation. And it was in that moment that I realized or remembered, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right. I'm supposed to work here. <laughs> and I just forgot what I was doing for some other company and gave them my resume and started working for them right after that. Okay. So I'm curious too, as we're going to be talking about book writing specifically mm -hmm. today, I got to spend a full day with Zig not too long before he passed away. And that was back after his fall and after some of those times when he would repeat himself a lot. And it was actually a beautiful day because he repeated just those nuggets that stuck with me after the third time he, he said it over and over. But one of them was, you got to write a book. Kevin, write a book, write a book, send it to me. I'll tell you if it's any good, write a book. Was that part, was that, was his influence part of what got you into this uh, area of book writing for yourself and then for others? Maybe indirectly. Yes. I think what directly impacted it was, was always, you know, him saying that you have these seeds of greatness that, that you need to release those seeds and get it out to the world. So most of my adult life, I secretly wanted to write a book, but I didn't have the courage, the confidence, the belief that I could. And in fact, even years after I worked with Zig and, and had such a great relationship with him, the family, and had all of this information in front of me to make me so confident, I was insecure. And I would literally say to myself, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. You know, you're no Zig Ziglar. What do you have to say? And so that kind of stopped me in my tracks. But what's interesting is when Zig hit that stage in his life, when he, after the accident, um, that was after I had actually already written my first book. And to hear him say that over and over and over really just cemented for me that it's not about a book. It's about your story. It's about your message. And it's what, what you can do with that message to impact other people's lives. That's why Zig said, have you written a book? Okay. I literally, in, in, in looking at and writing some notes for today's show, I, my ending question for you is on self-image, which you just mentioned it right there. So let's just knock that out right now. We know so many people uh, struggle with that. Who am I to write a book either from a self image, you know, problem, or I think sometimes even those who are very self-aware and, and the intellectuals even are often the most, uh, frequent to discount themselves too, because they're just going to poke holes in everything. So we've got, you know, both ends that are still dealing with who am I to write a book. And uh, so how do you deal with now as, as somebody who teaches book writing, how do you address that right at the forefront? 
Well, I think everyone deep down thinks that nobody really cares about their story or we take for granted what we've been through, good or bad, and and just assume that, oh, everybody can do that or everyone knows that. But the truth is, is that we all have a story and every story matters and every story is unique. So in, in one thing I did learn from, not one thing, I learned a lot from Zig, but one of the things I learned was the importance of getting hope. That's what Zig did. He provided hope to his audiences because they saw he came from here. He's now here. And that gave them hope. Well, that's what our stories do too. And even if our stories aren't necessarily all good, you know, the ups and downs, the good, the bad, the ugly of life, that story is going to give somebody else hope, even yeah. whether it be in business, personal life, that's really the key. So as soon as you can get beyond that, that self-limiting belief that you have nothing to say and let that go, then you realize, wow, I do have something to say and it's going to make a difference. Okay. And- well, and I, I was curious. So as we're, and I'm going to ask you about the business focus of book writing, but in that, you know, as I thought about, okay, I'm writing a book to help my business and I'm thinking what business acumen I can offer. And yet you do start off in your teaching with story and how your story matters. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, first I wouldn't naturally think of, my personal story being paramount for a book to help my business. So, so help me figure that out. (laughs) Well, Bob Berg, a friend of mine says people do business with those they know, like, and trust. And isn't that the truth? We want to do business with people that we know, like, and trust. So if that's the case, then the easiest way for your clients, your prospects, anyone in your organization, even to get to know you, like you and trust you is to know your story. And it's really that simple because when you really understand why somebody got into business or why they are passionate about that business, you tend to connect to them. You, you want to support their mission. And so, but if you just have a business out there, they don't know the backstory, there's a disconnect. And I've seen it time and time and time, whether you are a chiropractor, whether you're a dentist, whether you own a carpet cleaning business, even if you think nobody cares about your personal story, they do because they want to know why do you want to serve me? It's pretty powerful. So in that, do you find that, cause I know sometimes people will feel a little disc, a little uncomfortable with, gosh, if I share my story, am I going to share something about myself that somebody else doesn't like? And my experience is, yeah, probably, but you're also going to share something that somebody connects to. And either one of them is better than vanilla. Uh, do you hold to that? Sure. Absolutely. And you know, <laughs> I say this all the time in my seminars, your story is your story is your story. Unfortunately, you can't change it, but fortunately you can use it to, to impact other people. So for a business, for example, and and when I, you know, I, the term I use is your book is your business card. Think of it that way. You're, when you are a published author, it's that instant credibility. So what the story is, is really probably what you're already sharing with your clients, your prospects. It's what value can you bring to them? Just like content on a blog or content on the internet, people want valuable information. And what that book does is, is just taking all these things that you would share with them anyway, put it in a format that they can digest pretty easily, but also there's power in being a published author. And for those of us who have written books, we know it's not rocket science, but there is something very unique about having a book that you can hold in your hands with a bound spine that instantly changes the perspective or the perception of you, your business. And there's, that's why we tell people, especially business owners, you have to have a book, use it as your business card. Okay. Well, that 
phenomenon has always been interesting to me because you can preach and talk about something and espouse something for years and years and decades. And yet when you put it in a book, a bound book, all of a sudden now it's gospel. It's honestly, I mean, where, where does the phenomenon, why is that true to our psyche? Even in today's world, we know you can self-publish, but it just doesn't seem to matter if it's a book and it's on a shelf like mine over here on the right. It's now gospel. What's, what's the dynamic here? Well, here's the thing. People will throw away a business card, but they will not throw away a book. We place so much value on a printed book. And I'm not quite sure why, Mm -hmm. because most of the time, the value and the perceived credibility that you get as an author has nothing to do with the content. Meaning a lot of times somebody will look at you, respect you, hold you more credible, hold you as the go-to expert long before they read your book. Mm -hmm. So it's not even necessarily the content. It's the fact that you're published. And, and, you know, I can't understand the reason, but I do know how to leverage it. And I know that in marketing and in business and in anything else, it's about leverage. It may not, you may not, for a speaker, for example, you may have the best message in the world. You may be the absolute best speaker in the world. But if nobody knows that or holds you credible or sees you as that, you know, it, you can't help a lot of people. But as soon as you have published author your next to your title, it's, oh, check, that person must be the expert. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, talking about the personal story, you know, obviously anybody who's listened to Zig, well, especially who who saw him on stage as you did as a young, uh, at a a young age, he exemplified that he started most speaking presentations with his personal story that people could connect with. But as I hear you talk, an unsaid, I guess, assumption that you're making, or maybe that you're stating is that our business should be personal. It should be about us. Our personality should be it. Yes. All business is really just relationships. And if it's not, then there, you're, you may not be, be as successful as you want to be because it's just, it's just exchanging value to one person to the other. Zig said it all the time. Sales actually was just a transference of feelings, right? So it's taking what you believe about something so strongly you want to share it with someone else. So those relationships and you know, there's probably instances where it doesn't happen, but time and time again, if you really think about your big purchases, you likely bought from somebody that you had a relationship with, that you trusted. And so when somebody shares with you something personal, you immediately trust them. Zig is the best example of this because people heard him in other countries all over the world. Millions of people heard him and never, ever, ever met him, but they trusted him. They loved him. Why? Because he shared his story. And his story was not for the intention of talking about himself. The story was to make, uh, give somebody else hope that, look, I'm no different from you. I just happen to do this and then this, and here's where I am. But if I can do it, you can do it. And that's the power of our story. And whether it's in a book, whether it's in a a keynote talk, whether it's just having a dialogue one-on-one, you have to get comfortable sharing your story. But I just happen to believe that when you take that story and put it in a book, that's when you can really start leveraging and building that author platform. Absolutely. So the topic of, uh, book writing, I mean, writing a book is a big ideal for, I think for many people, you, however, here are focusing specifically on the business world. You titled your book, your book is your business card. So tell us where, because again, you're not out there talking to novelists and to everybody you've niched in business. So specifically did that, come well your own story did that come as a result of saying gosh i see people who have a book get a lot more credibility so i'm going to go after that or did you do it and just experience it yourself 
Two things, Kevin. Okay. I, I experienced it myself. Okay. The, the backstory of, of me being an author is in 2008, I, I dreamed of writing a book for many, many years. I started the story by telling you I worked for Zig right out of college, but mm-hmm. I didn't finish it because I ended up after three or four years working there, loving my job, living my passion every day. I quit to go make more money in software sales. And that's the honest to God truth. Well, what happened was I, as I was in corporate America and I was unhappy and unsatisfied and not fulfilling my passion, I secretly wanted to write a book. And when I finally got over the fear and and then the disbelief I had anything to say, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do this. I do have something to say. And you know, I'm going to, I'm going to share it in a book for my kids, (laughs) for my husband, my, my family, but I had no intention of doing anything else with it. Until one day, I literally held the book in my hand. It was published. Zig wrote the foreword. And Kevin, I told no more than a few people. I could count on one hand how many people I told that I published a book. Because I didn't think it was about me. I didn't want to make it about me. And somebody challenged me and said, you know, you say you want to make a difference. You say you want to help all these people. You can't help anyone if you don't share your story. And it just hit me that you're right. I do have a great story that can help somebody, but if it just sits here, it does nothing. So I launched the book. We did a huge campaign uh, for the purpose of just getting it out there. And it made uh, some traction. It hit bestseller in a couple categories the first day we hit it. And from that point on, it literally started a full-time business for me of speaking and coaching and doing seminars, things I dreamed of doing when I was 18 years old. And I wish I could say I had the forethought that that book would build a business but I didn't, but I'm living proof that your book is your business card. And it, it, and now I get to do what I love to do full time and all because of the book. I was the same person the day before I wrote it, mm-hmm. same person the day after when, soon as I leveraged it as my business card, that's when everything changed. Okay. So that's interesting. So you're in essence saying how much it bolstered what you were doing and your tagline actually on the, uh, in the book says the ultimate guide to writing, publishing and marketing your own book to build your business. And that jumped out to me because you weren't promoting write a book as your business. So right now that's going to be your effort and your focus. It's there to bolster. I I take it that that's an intentional focus. It is because just like anything else, marketing is the, the intention of marketing is to, to attract more people to your business. Well, your book is, is essentially that same. If using it for business is the same exact concept. You're, you're giving great information and great content in the hopes of bringing them back. So there's a big difference between a business card book, uh, yeah. or versus a, a novel for sure, but even a personal development, personal storybook. Now, do you weave in personal stories in your business card book? 100%. But there's, there's, you don't necessarily have to have a business to be able to leverage. And, and I'll, what I want to add on to that, because you mentioned that the whole writing a book for a business was not my only intention of helping people. I really, when I began this, I know that your story impacts others. I see how it worked for, for Zig, for myself. So it's also, if you really want to make a difference, if you really want to help people, if you really want to share with other people, minister to them, or or just be a friend to them, it's your story that will do that. And, and it'll give you the opportunity to, to do that in front of more people. So speakers, coaches, anyone that really wants to make an impact in people's lives, you have to have a book in order to do that. So you keep mentioning story, story, story. It keeps coming over and over. And I, and I just know that, I mean, I can even tap into it. Now, I, I think, I think I've got a pretty interesting story. I've got some stuff too, but, but there are some people, I don't know how to put this kindly, who 
it maybe has not been the most robust life. Okay. In all, in all reality. And they look back and go, gosh, I don't know. I grew up, I went to school and I kind of went after a degree. I pursued something. I just, I, I can't, they can't see the story in that. How do you get their paradigm change to understand there is a story there or help them just bring it out, just magnify it? And I love this in our, in our bookbound workshop, this is one of the exercises we do because most people who come think I don't have a story or mine's boring. Well, we all do. And your story, I think people get hung up on, well, okay, I was born. And then I went, I was, you know, this happened as a kid. That's part of your story, but your Mm -hmm. story is what can you offer to someone else that can make an impact? personally or professionally. That is your story. Because think about a book. A book is for the reader. It's not for the author, although the benefits come back to the author. So if you can think of what in my life, what is it that I am passionate about and I have experience with that I could share with someone else that can make a difference in their personal life or their business life, that is your story. Now, do you weave in personal you know, things that happened in your life? Yes. But the point is, is what can you teach someone else? And the exercise we do at Bookbound literally is that we do. And I'll share it with the the listeners. So you could do this at home. Grab a sheet of paper, make a T-chart. Simple, 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 dimple. On the left hand side, write the word passion. And on that side of the T-chart, think of everything you are passionate about. And the key here is don't write anything down thinking it's going to be a book because it's not. Passion is so important when it comes to writing a book, because number one, if you don't have the passion, you probably aren't going to finish the book. And the other thing is I tell people, be careful what you write about, because you're going to be talking about it a long, long time. So you better love it. Uh, so passion is important. But that's not all you sh- that that that's not the only ingredient. So that left side, right, as many things that you can think of that light you up, you love doing the time is flying by when you're doing it, you could be personal development, like I love, it could be teaching, it could be mentoring, it could be gardening traveling. Those things are passions. Write them down. Then once you've exhausted everything you can think of that you're passionate about, now move to the right-hand side of the the T-chart, and that's your experiences. Here's the key here. Your experiences are everything that you've experienced in life, good or bad. Of course, you have professional experience. You experience whatever your jobs are and all that. If you're a mom, you've experienced being a mom. Maybe you've experienced being a daughter. Maybe you've experienced traveling. Uh, You could have experienced being a boss. You also, though, may have experience with things that weren't so good. Maybe you went through a divorce or maybe you had some bankruptcy or, or you know, abuse. Those things may not have felt good, but you experienced them. So you write them on the list. And once you're done with all of that, now comes the fun part, because this is where you have to make a connection. Your best story, your best topic, your best book is going to be an intersection between your passion and your experience, because it's not one or the other. It has to be both. So that's when you just start connecting the dots. And the example I give when we do this exercise, I am passionate about personal development. I always have been since 18. And I'm passionate about a lot of other things too. But on my experience side, you know, I worked for Zig Ziglar. That's an experience. Mm -hmm. But I also suffered from low self-esteem at an early age. And so that was an experience I didn't want to write down. I wasn't proud of, but I went through it. So my intersection, I love personal development. I had to use personal development to get me out of hard times, love personal development. And I worked for the master of personal development. You see the connection there? That connection actually ended up being my very first book, which is winning in life. Now how to break through to a happier you. I love the subject, but I also have the credibility because I have the experience. So that's, I went through that really, really quick. We, we take a long time to do that at the event, but it is powerful when you can figure that out. And what usually happens, Kevin, in that exercise is it's, 
way more than just one book topic. A lot of people end up with three, four, five, ten book ideas because they have so many passions and experience intersections. Uh, and then there's, you know, a way to figure out what's the best first one to do. But it's really whichever one's going to be the easiest one for you to get out first. Because once you have published author status, then you can start leveraging it from a marketing perspective and then go write the other books. But it, it's it's not just your personal story. It's how do you weave that personal story into those other components? Right. Well, and I'm going to ask something on that though. You keep mentioning the bookbound workshop. So I want to let everybody know the next one Michelle is having is January 26th through the 28th in Captiva Island, Florida. This is 2017 for those of you who are listening to this a long time later. So at 26th to 28th, uh, and you can find out info at bookbound by the sea book bound by the sea. Um, now michelleprince.com is her main website. So whatever else is happening for those of you who are listening to this at a much later date, go check that out there. But for those of you who are listening right away, book bound by the sea. Okay. The, on this aspect of business and story, maybe this is too technical of a question and I'm making it harder than it should be. But if I'm thinking about my story, but I'm thinking about what the topic of my book is, is there a ratio of, you know, this much should be personal and story. This much should be actual applicable business know-how. Before Michelle answers that, a quick pause to bring you two great services that I think will be relevant for most everyone in our aspiring audience. First, ZipRecruiter. If you are hiring, do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Finding great talent can be tough. We all know that. Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, Ziggler Show listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right. Totally free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. Fresh books to all the freelancers listening right now, which we have a lot of in the Ziegler audience. If you could reclaim up to 192 hours a year of your precious time, would you? It's a dumb question. Of course you would. We all would. If you're doing the math, 192 hours could save you two working days per month. Who wouldn't benefit from an extra two days a month? Luckily, our friends at FreshBooks make it ridiculously easy with cloud accounting software for freelancers by simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses and getting paid online. FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 10 million people to deal with their paperwork. If that's not enough incentive, the FreshBooks platform has been rebuilt from the ground up. They've taken simplicity and speed to an entirely new level and added powerful new features. If you're not using FreshBooks yet, now would be the time to try because FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for all Ziggler Show listeners. No credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash Ziggler and enter the Ziggler Show, inspiring your true performance in the how did you hear about us section. Again, that's freshbooks.com slash Ziggler. Well, coming from the perspective of the reader, the reader doesn't care so much about who you are as as 
They care about what they can learn from you. So it is definitely going to be what what you can teach them, business or personal, that they can benefit from. However, Zig is, again, the perfect example. We learn best through storytelling. Zig was a master at this. Instead of making the point and saying, you know, you really should treat people better. He would tell this whole long story because we learn best through stories. And one I think of is the Mr. B, the kicking the cat story. You know, so the reason your stories are important is, is it just makes you more real. You're not just a professor telling them what to do. You're, you're, you're giving them some information, but then you're saying, you know, and here's some examples of how this has happened to me. And the other thing is your stories don't have to be about you. They can be about someone else. Hmm. It's whatever you can add to it, though, to paint a visual so that the reader absorbs it better than just hearing the point, they get get it through a story. Gosh, that's a and big. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. And and there is an entire process that we go through that will take you to figure out. Okay, what's in my chapter, my sub chapter? What stories do I put into each one of those areas? Where do I put them? That that's all kind of part of what we do uh, at Bookbound. But it's it's first the most important part is just figuring out well, what is it I want to share with somebody, and then adding in and sprinkling in stories here and there. Well, I like that you saying that, that it doesn't have to be just your story as a myself, as a long time, you know, coach and consultant, there are certain points that are valid that I may not have had a personal experience with. Maybe it was a weakness that I wasn't weak in or or about a strength I wasn't strong in, but I have other people's stories uh, to Mm -hmm. tell. Well, in this, one of the big points in your book is the issue of, we've been talking about credibility, but is trust. And we know that we're in a very high trust culture right now. It's so cluttered with information and offers where it seems we're more desperate than ever to just find somebody or a source that we trust so that we can rely on it. So with that in mind, do you have, as somebody is writing, do you teach specific strategies for writing to trust? It's kind of a hard thing to even say, or does that just happen by proxy of again, telling your story, being authentic? How's it, how's it work? You know, that's a great question because there is a way to do it. I believe we are craving authenticity in everything in our life. We want authentic people. We want to hear from authentic speakers and we want to read books from authentic writers, meaning they're not canned. They're not perfect. And think of who you relate to the most. I guarantee you, they're not a perfect human being. It's somebody that maybe you can relate to. So how do you do that? Well, one of the ways that, that I teach our, our uh, clients is pretend like you're writing to a friend. How you, how you write should be similar to how you would speak. If you really want to alienate someone, you're going you're gonna to write in a way that is very technical or very high level or very, mm-hmm. you know, trying to be perfect. But if you, if you think of it as, okay, if I were writing a letter to my friend, how would I speak to them? And it's really part of how we even pretend or role play a little bit of, okay, let's just say, Kevin, I know you have kids. What if one of your kids came to you and said, dad, I need to know everything you know about name the topic, whatever it is you would want to write about or about podcasting, let's just say, and you have one chance to give them all the information you could possibly give them. And in order for them to be successful, you would come from an authentic place. You would come from, oh my gosh, well, I, I want to help you. So, okay, first you need to know about uh, your message. First, you have to know about this. And, and and you come from that place of wanting to share versus just writing a yeah. book. Does that 
makes sense a little bit. T- totally. I mean, that, that puts me in a frame of mind right there. Cause that does happen. I have, uh, I have older kids, younger kids, and they do often ask questions about business stuff that I've done or about being a pro athlete or whatever. And I'm completely authentic in telling them what I believe is going to serve them best which is going to include the things that I did well, the things that I did wrong, the lessons that I learned. So no, it's a great perspective as opposed to if I'm writing my LinkedIn bio. Uh, right. <laughs> and, and that's where the passion part comes back into play, because if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to have a big desire to share and serve and, and be authentic. Yeah. Right. So that's why yeah. that has to be in there as well, because when you're passionate about it and you know, you're going to help somebody and you're authentically wanting to serve them. Those are the best books and people are very smart and they can see through if you're not authentic. So in, even in your writing, you have to be as well. Well, and you framing it in that perspective of thinking of some person and you gave me my, my kids in this essence. Uh, but the thing that jumped to my mind too, is if I'm, if I have that in mind, I really care. I, I deeply, deeply care. I want to give my best as opposed to, yeah, stepping back without that person in mind and that service in mind. And then I would write a completely different. Right. Exactly. Well, and so, with Zig, yeah. Zig cared about every person that oh. was in an audience. He cared so, so deeply. And I feel like that's how he approached every audience. Mm-hmm. He prepared for over three hours each time. He prayed before he spoke because he w- wanted to impact a soul, a life, and not just get a paycheck for speaking. And so as writers, as authors, I should say, you don't have to be a good writer to be an author. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other topic. But 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 to come from that same place will make a huge impact for okay. you and for others. Okay, well you just you just went into something I was going to ask about, which is the writing aspect of uh-huh. of that that yeah, so many people will uh, right off the bat say I'm not a good writer. And and in this it's interesting, Michelle, in in a lot of ways I get paid in my vocational pursuits, my business pursuits, uh, I write, I sit in my office all day long, pretty much. And I write. And in that sense, I mean, I'm, I'm a paid writer, but, uh, I'm not a storyteller. I'm highly aware of that. And, uh, I struggle with that as well. So even there, there's different types of writing. So, uh, all that to point to your, what you mentioned there, Talk to the person who says, I am not a good writer, whether that's, I don't think I make points well, I don't like typing, I don't spell well, I don't yada, yada, you know this better than I do. So there you go. For sure. And I'm one of them, Kevin. Honestly, I'm not a great writer. I I have some great stories and I have a desire to help people. That's all you need to be an author. You know, there's a reason why we have editors. That's their job is to make your writing sound well, but no editor will ever know your story. And I believe, and I've yet to be proven wrong. There is, there are very, very few books out there that require much more than just getting all of those things that are in your head, out of your head onto paper, your book and everything you would share with someone else, you already know. No one else can get it out of there for you. I mean, we consist and help. And in fact, that's one of the things I do is I sit down with people and I literally pull the book out of them, but they don't have to necessarily be a good writer. They just have to have the story. So of course, the more writing you do, the the less you pay for an editor, but there are wonderful, awesome writers out there, editors out there that will help massage your writing to make it sound right, but they don't know your story. So I always encourage people is don't worry so much about that part of it because that's just 
one piece in the recipe. That's just a check mark you have to do in order to get a book complete. But that doesn't come. Editing doesn't come until you get the story out on paper. Okay. So for people hearing that and going, okay, that's great. But uh, you know, is that going to cost me 10,000 bucks? What give us a, some ballpark so people can actually look at that as a realistic possibility. Well, there's really no reason why you can't do it all yourself in the, getting this first part done. So what I'm talking about is, and again, a lot of it is following this exercise and some of the things that we, we do to help get it out. Because everyone who leaves Bookbound literally has an entire book done, chapters, ch- subchapters, all the stories. So then it's a matter of, okay, how are you going to get it out of your head onto paper? For somebody like you, you like to write. So for you, that would be easy to just sit down and start writing based on that outline. For other people and most people, they don't like to write. So what I suggest is start talking. Get yourself on a recording. Grab your cell phone. Get on a a Zoom meeting and push the play or record button because now you have an audio that can be transcribed and that can be the basis for your manuscript and then massaged and edited and all that. So don't get hung up on anything other than figuring out first, what is it that you would want to share with somebody to impact their personal life or their professional life or both? And then the easiest way for you to get it out of your head onto paper. And then after that's done, then you can look into an editor. And by following that process, you keep your editing costs very, very, very low for somebody. And that could be anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to a couple thousand dollars, depending on how, you know, your writing style. But I've seen people over and over and over and over again, make the mistake of hiring a you know, ghostwriter. And let me preface by saying there's nothing wrong with a ghostwriter. In fact, I, we use them for some of our projects, but a ghostwriter can't get into your head that easily. And so it will cost you a lot of money and take a lot more time than if you just sat down and started talking and you'd be shocked and amazed how much you can get done without the assistance of a ghostwriter. Well, some of what you said is helpful. You know, if you need to just record it or something like that, I'm, I'm well aware. I would be happy to just write as my only form of communication. You can talk to me, but let me respond in writing. Cause I can think better when I do that. And I do that a lot. Just say, okay, I'm going to have to write back to you on that. So I can get my thoughts out where my wife is exactly the opposite to understand what she's thinking. She needs to speak. And I, yeah, really, I, I had a client uh, many years ago, wrote a book. I helped him massage the the positioning and the, the content that the, the topic of the book but he did the whole thing. We, we would talk about something and 30 minutes later, I'd get a chapter from him. I, Jay, how did you do this? And, and he said, I use dragon naturally speaking. And then he would have an editor, uh, work on that. But again, I love removing the obstacles for people to no matter what, get something out. No, I'll tell you it's, and I'm not just, well, no, I I'm, I'm shameless in promoting, but the idea of going to your event and then I'm going to come back that most of your folks come back with a book written. All of that's oh, a big yeah. deal. All of them have it mapped out, but you're right. Most of them do finish it shortly thereafter. That's okay. Well, there's your sales pitch folks. So you can go check. Actually, let me go back <laughs> up Bookboundbythec.com. You'll come back with a book written. I don't know if there's a stronger selling proposition than that. Um, you know, you mentioned where, you know, folks want to know where to start and you talked about your, uh, what was it? Passions. And, uh, what was the other side? experiences. Experiences. Is that the primary place you mentioned? Use that as a tool. I know you also in the book talk about mind mapping. Um, Tell us a little bit about that again, kind of the, where do I start and a couple of those resources or strategies that you use? You bet. So the, yeah, to find your topic and really pinpoint what your core message is or where to start, that's the passion and experience exercise. and, And that will get you there. 
the mind mapping comes after you've determined what you want to write about. And that is a very, very powerful tool. Obviously, I didn't make up mind mapping, but I am very unique in using it for book writing because it's been used in so many different areas. But I found with mind mapping, it's the same. It's just the ability to get it out of your head. And so we actually, that's what we use for everybody to get their story mapped out outline out. And it's amazing because it's not going to be just the high level. It's all the intricate details within each area, within each chapter. And we, and we use that process. And, and the key is, and I've said it a lot of times, it's already in there where people get hung up is it's just, it's just circling around mm-hmm. in their head and they're trying to make it in a logical order and that's not how a book really works. So mind mapping helps you get it out of your head. Illogically, there's no order yet. And then we take that and then you can move that into an order, a chapter, an outline, more succinct. But that's where I see most people get hung up. And truthfully, and I can say this now because I've written several books, I know I didn't feel this way in the beginning, but we overcomplicate this. It's not rocket science. It really isn't. And is if you can just get over the fact that you have something to say and get it out of that head and on paper, everything else is just following a recipe. It's that simple. Okay. But where people get stuck is that first part. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can attest to that. Um, <laughs> well, you mentioned earlier about when we were talking about credibility of a book And that so often just the fact of having a book that you can hold up that is bound and exists, uh, is, is half the battle or half the benefit, I should say, even if the content is not rocket science necessarily. Okay. In that, in that similar vein, do you find that, or is there a place for somebody who right now is hearing this and they get it and, uh, they're, they're inspired to do it, but they're thinking, I don't really care about selling books. I want it to help my business, to help my opportunities. Like you talked about, is there, because one of the big parts in your book is on marketing, of course, rightly so, but where somebody could say, I I don't care about marketing. I don't care about selling the books. I want it to be a business card. Is that relevant to just have that? And somebody say, gosh, how how many books have you sold? I I don't know. I gave away a hundred of them. That wasn't the point. Is that, is that relevant? You know, I have three rules of writing and third rule is do not write a book to make money in book sales because that's irrelevant. It really is. I mean, yeah, it'd be great. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But the point of a book, if you're writing a book, especially if it's in to to build your business, that's the whole thing. And think of it like a business card or a brochure. You're not selling your business card. You're not selling your brochures. You're not selling your website. But it has a purpose to bring people back to you to want to work with you. That business card book and you know, by the way, it doesn't have to be a big 200 page book. We do more business card four by six little books than anything else, because it's, it's, it's small. It's easy to read, easy to, to understand. And it has a call to action to bring you back. Um, So it doesn't have to be any particular size, but that's what this is really supposed to do is bring people back. So never base your success on book sales. Now, will you sell a lot of books? Of course you will. But if you do the math on how much money you want to make in a year, divide that by $20 book, actually divide that by about half of that because you're going to have costs related to it. Mm -hmm. How many books do you have to sell? That's a lot. Instead, write a book to attract opportunities that will increase your revenue. And those opportunities come through consulting, through business, through speaking, through all of these different things. But it's because of that credibility status. People want to work with the expert. And when you write a book, you are considered the expert in all areas. So 
I, I, I prefer people to look at it a little different. And the reason why I prefer to work with people that want to use a book to build a platform, either to help people or to build their business or both, is that it's just a different mindset than, say, a novelist on a New York Times seller list. Okay. Well, in this aspect, again, of we're doing it with the point of credibility and opportunity and building our business, you talk in there, you have a section that I have been privy to a little bit, but I think it's, it's not common knowledge of the media needing yes. authors and experts. And I know when I heard this, it was a big paradigm shift because you think about Oh my goodness. So to get media to cover me, I'm going to have to showcase myself so well, I'm going to have to beat everybody else out. Who's trying to get their uh, coverage, get some exposure in there. And you're saying, uh, no, they need you. So tell us about that. Absolutely. One of my good friends is actually a, was a TV uh, journalist and news journalist and now owns a, a PR firm. And we've had a lot of discussions about this because I also didn't believe that, but the media desperately needs you in your local community. So if you think about what does the media need, they need experts. They need people that are talk show worthy, that they're credible uh, resources. Well, who is credible in their eyes? Well, somebody that is published because it's just an automatic perception that if you've published a book, you must know who, what you're talking about. So in their eyes, in order to, to bring somebody onto their show, their radio show, their TV show, their podcast, anything, they have to believe that you are a credible resource. So a book will do that automatically. But the key is, if you think about any TV show, any newspaper column, they're having to find people sometimes on a daily basis, a weekly basis, for sure, a monthly basis in their local community that are considered the expert. Mm -hmm. Well, who's the expert? You're the expert. The author is the expert. So you actually make the job easier for the media when you reach out to them and say, hey, I, I'm, I'm a local author. I help people to write books. How can I serve your audience? And they're all over it. They're just like, oh my gosh, we got to get you on the show. We got to get you on here. Can I interview you? In fact, when I first started excuse me, my business years ago, I was contacted, I live in the Dallas area and I was contacted by the Dallas morning news, which is the, the largest newspaper here. And they want, they want, they wrote a story on me. I got the front page of the business section, all about how to write a book. And they contacted me and were, I was thrilled of course, but they were even happier because they were getting their front page built. Yeah. So just shifting that paradigm is that you're needed because you are the expert on a particular topic. And for those of you thinking, well, but I'm not an expert. Yes, you are. You are the expert of your life and you are the expert of what you know. And even if it's in that little niche, somebody needs that information. So there's so much about also becoming an author that does have to do with self-esteem and, and accepting the fact that you are worthy of being in the spotlight. And that takes a little bit of work. But once you get past that and then own that, I'm telling you, media starts calling. <laughs> On, on that aspect of being an expert and you stating you are an expert, you know, your life, you know, something, even for those who it may take a little bit for them to accept that and go, okay, yeah, I do know a lot about X, but, and this is what I hear a lot, but so do a hundred other people. Uh, what do I have to say that's different or why do I showcase myself as being better than them? I think that's what often comes out. So speak to that, if you will. Well, as long as what you're writing about is something you're passionate about and you have experience, then you should know that your story does matter, even if thousands of other people are writing it. And here's why. I struggled with this, Kevin. I'm, I'm being very vulnerable and honest. When I wanted to write a book and I thought about writing a book, and every time I'd get the courage to write a book, I'd stop myself and I'd say, subconsciously, who do you think you are? You're no Zig Ziglar. 
I did because I worked for him. He was my, he was my comparison in my mind. And then it hit me, or maybe somebody said it to me. I'm going to attract somebody that may never pick up a Zig Ziglar book. Meaning I may attract a mom or I may attract another woman or I may attract somebody who has been through a similar path that I've been on. And had I just assumed that, well, it's already been written about, then there's somebody out there that couldn't be helped. And if you really think of any book out there, there's no original thought. You know, Zig was talking about goal setting. He was talking about success, but those, those concepts have been around for years and years and years and hundreds and hundreds of years. So, but it was his story, his personality and his, you know, walk in life that attracted people. And some people loved him. Majority of the people did, but not all did. And those who didn't found somebody else. Does that make sense where don't let that limiting belief stop you because somebody out there is going to be attracted to you that may not be attracted to someone else who's written something similar. Well, it reminds me of Solomon in the Bible. And we, we cite this a lot. He said, nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. And, you know, I literally, I scan USA Today online every day. I just check it out for headlines and media and junk and just, but it's still a pulse of what's happening. And I want to know that for certain mm-hmm. areas. And there was a big pitch on blah, 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 somebody promoting you know, weight loss. I'm like, is there a bigger, is there a topic that is weight loss? Seriously? Have we still, are we still looking for new information? And the answer is yes, we, (laughs) we absolutely. And is it new? No. Or is it just somebody's take on it? Yeah. You know, that's really all it is. But, but where you shouldn't do it is if you're doing it only to, if you don't have, if you're not passionate about it, it will, it will show. And people will, will read into the fact that you're not authentic and then you won't be successful. So as long as you're passionate about that topic and you have that experience to coincide with it, then you can't lose. And here's the other thing. I know everyone has different goals, but, but let's just say that the book you write helps one person. Isn't that enough? I know it'll help a lot more, but so, so just, I, I guess it's just a shift in perspective. But you never know the impact of your story until you tell it. Well, if I was to write on that, and you mentioned this a minute ago, as you were struggling with your own comparison with Zig and then realizing, wait a minute, but some, there's somebody who may never pick up his book. Somebody may not, uh, in, in my thoughts, they may just, it's, they don't connect well with them. And if they would with you, if I was to talk about uh, some of the values and benefits of a big family, I would say it in my voice, in my perspective, as a man, as a father, as a husband, yeah. I would speak that. And there's going to be a lot of people out there, men and women, but I would choose, you know, primarily women that, that, that they're not going to connect. It's a different perspective because my wife talks about it. Very different, very different. Yeah. She, oh my gosh. She's a mom. She birthed these kids, most of them, uh, you know, and <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I like that, that, that there's a different flavor, a different voice, but okay. Well, but on that topic, then I, uh, this is probably in your book that I didn't get to, uh, kind of back to that, where we started the show talking about who is that person you're going to write to. And you mentioned my kids, but if I'm writing on uh, podcasting and I really have a heart for certain people and a certain message, I am going to speak directly to them and they're going to get it. So is that target market? Is that writing to that primary person? One of the main things that we should do as an exercise, but also is the reason why somebody is going to listen to us. 
Yes. And I think this is even just a, a typical copywriting rule that, you know, you write to your audience. Mm. And so for me, I'm very visual. So when I'm, for example, when I was writing my second book, Busy Being Busy, and it was all about how to stop juggling and, and overcome procrastination. And it really was geared toward working moms because that's my world. <laughs> and I visualized somebody coming to my office, um, a struggling working mom who is at her wits end and she just can't, she can't get anything done. She's not, she's not successful at home. She's not successful at, at work. And I literally visualized me sitting down with her as a friend and just saying, okay, let me share with you everything I know about how to stop juggling, overcome procrastination and get more done in less time, you know, in business leadership in life. And that's how I went about doing it. And so I think no matter what the book is about, you have to come from that perspective. And if you have the passion about the topic, you're going to want to help people with it. So for me, I'm just visual and that's just an easy way for me to get it out. And then it doesn't come out as so teaching and, and, and so perfect. It's just me sharing what I know in a way that I know will help somebody. Okay. Well, so I wanted to to wrap up with a question. We have a big audience out there, a lot of people who are in business for themselves or have a product or a service or a message even that they care about. And, you know, if we look at, you mentioned before somebody who wants to build a platform. So if you look at coaches or consultants or experts or people who have information, this makes sense. But I'm betting that you have some examples of somebody it would be very unlikely to write a book. Somebody who owns, I think you even mentioned this. You said something about, I don't know, dry cleaning or a plumber or something like that, who we wouldn't think of as, so there's a lot of folks out here. Somebody who owns a fence company, somebody who owns, and they're thinking, okay, I don't get that for my brick and mortar store or my service business or whatever. Uh, is there value for them? <laughs> yes. And in fact, I'll give you a perfect story example. So I did do a book project for a bunch of carpet cleaners, carpet cleaners all throughout the country. We, we, uh, we did it by geography. And the intention was a business card book that they could give to their referral partners. Mm -hmm. So referral partners for carpet cleaners are real estate agents. So we wrote a book that literally uh, was geared toward that market. And it was called Nightmare Carpet Cleaners, everything you need to know before hiring a carpet cleaner. And it had this horrible picture of a scary person. You know, sometimes you envision mm -hmm. somebody coming into your house to clean your carpet and they're a little scary. So we targeted that. And the book was nothing more than what was probably on their website. It was everything you need to know, which is what, what you need to look for. And, and the intention of the book was really just to the natural conclusion at the end of reading that book is you need to hire this company. And, but it was, it was information, it was valuable and it was content. And there were some coupons at the back. That was it. It was thin, but each individual carpet cleaning owner had become a published author. One of the, uh, I actually have it. I wish I would have thought of bringing it with me to show it to you. Uh, one of the authors contacted me, actually, they sent me a letter thanking me because they didn't believe that this would increase their business. And they somehow the media contacted them. They lived in, in Nevada and the, the local newspaper contacted them, interviewed them. They got front page of the newspaper. Local cleaning, car carpet cleaner on a mission to save the community from, you know, terrible carpet cleaners, whatever, however they did it. It was yeah. kind of silly, tongue in cheek. But guess what? They were in the paper. They were completely, their business was transformed because why? 
Somebody says you're an author, you get that credibility. You're now in the newspaper. People are going to trust you because you have that exposure. And it just makes a huge, huge difference. So it doesn't matter what the business is. And in fact, I think sometimes the, the industries that are not saturated with authors, you have an enormous opportunity, enormous home service businesses, uh, you know, practices, things like that, because you think of your book as one way to stand out, to differentiate from your competition. And it's just the easiest way to do it. But that's, that is a real life story of somebody that, that truly leveraged it. Now, is that a book somebody would go and buy on Amazon or, or, or possibly go to the bookstore to find? No. But is it still a book? Is he still a published author? Absolutely. It's just his business card book that he gives away. Oh my gosh. It would have my interest if I'm looking for somebody in that category and here's somebody who has a book. Seriously, that, that's a, that's a standout thing. You've given so much information. I feel like you've, you've taken away most every hurdle anyone's ever had for writing a book one and just given, uh, uh, great concepts, but folks go to michelleprince.com. You can find out everything she's doing and engage with her there. But if you want to go to a three-day event and come back with your book, January 26th through 28th, 2017 in Captiva Island, Florida, you can do that. And again, you're going to be getting to know Michelle very well as my frequent co-host here on the Ziegler show. And we'll be telling you more about that in the weeks to come. But Michelle, thanks so much for just sharing your message, uh, sharing your heart and sharing your expertise. Absolutely, Kevin. And I just want to clarify, it's actually 2018 is the event. Oh my gosh. um, (laughs) That's right. We're talking in 2018. That's after the turn. Goodness. Thank you. That's okay, but we're in 2017. So no, but I'm thrilled to be here. And and I'll leave everyone with this thought. You know, it is, if you can bake chocolate chip cookies, you can write a book. It is so much a recipe, but if I can do it, you can do it. And, and if you're willing to do it, it will make an impact in your personal life and your professional life. So don't wait. Awesome. Michelle, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks, Kevin. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that call and talk topic with uh, Michelle Prince. Again, you can find her at michelleprince.com or January 26 to 28, 2018 in Captiva Island, Florida is her book bound by the sea where you walk away with your book written. Hey, stay tuned for our next show coming up in a week. Show 481 with Joshua Spodek. He's the best-selling author of Leadership Step-by-Step. He's an adjunct professor at NYU, a leadership coach and workshop leader for Columbia Business School and a columnist for Inc. Magazine. We're going to be talking though about a specific strategy that I was just enamored with and we're going to dig into and uh, he labeled it the, well, he, he has a short word for it, SIDCHA, but it's the self-imposed daily challenging healthy activity. Uh, so really interesting, reminds me a lot of Zig Ziglar and his self-taught cards, but we're talking about daily habits and this one's going to be a lot of fun. So eager to talk with you then. Thanks for being here as we walk together, inspiring our true performance. Mm-hmm.